the Ben Coley Podcast. All right, how's it going? You're listening to the Ben Coley Podcast. Uh, it's episode five, and I'm going to talk to you about my favourite new unsigned artist that I'm listening to at the moment. Uh, I'm going to give you my commentary on all the latest music news. I'll be playing you my favourite song of the week and... Also, I'll quickly tell you about my favourite album of the week that I'm listening to at the moment as well. So, if you're kind of like me and you love all sorts of genres, this is a quick pit stop for you to touch base with loads of different sounds, collect some new styles, collect some new tunes, stick them in your library and enjoy to your heart's content. Uh, A little bit before I start, if you've got any artist suggestions or any questions for any new episodes, just hit me up on any of my socials. So that's underscore Ben Coley on Instagram. <clears throat> or uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, at BenColey97. Uh, and there's also a crafty little email that you can um, email as well, thebencoleypodcast at gmail.com. For copyright reasons, I've had to reach out to all of the unsigned artists and ask for full permission to use their songs, which all of them have got back to me and said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So you're going to be hearing snippets of their songs, but it's all been cleared up. They're the sole copyright Uh, holders and distributors of their music so it's all good and yeah let's get into it so episode five and I think I've got some really good unsigned artists this week that I'm excited to share with you first up is a band called Flares Uh, they're from Birmingham you've got Arthur on lead vocals now please forgive me because I'm I'm really not too sure on how to pronounce this name it's E-D-I-E so you could say Eddie or I'm not sure if it's Edie um, but she's on bass and vocals. Then you've got Leo on guitar and Ruben on the drums. So Flares are a Birmingham band, and they're really young. They're 16, 17, I think, and, you know, considering they're still in their formative years, they've managed to kind of garner this really great indie rock sound. There's also shades of punk and garage that they've kind of thrown into the mix as well. And, like I said, they're young, so they're pretty early on in, early on in their careers they've only released five singles so having only been on the scene for a couple of years they're still uh, quite baby faced in their formative years so if you catch them now you can easily have a claim to fame in the future and be like I you know I listened to them and caught them when they only had five songs out the track that I'm going to talk to you about is Stuck Um, it's a track that I feel is their most mature I'd say it's the most well thought out and I quite like the delivery of it as well it it has got this real adolescent feel to it it's full of energy so it starts with these very oh god I've got such a sore throat um it starts with these quite dissonant guitar chords uh that are very brittle very edgy and the drums come in pretty much straight away but it's these crashing cymbals and a super super busy snare drum as well uh and the band then after about 30 seconds or so 20-30 seconds they switch into this more controlled groove uh, where they're literally toggling between two chords and they have a little stop on the first beat of each bar and it's good because when Arthur comes in with the lead vocals it kind of helps to punctuate it see what you think
Yeah, I like their sound, and just after the first chorus, or the first sort of uh, vocal hook that they deliver, in comes a guitar solo, which isn't conventionally where you'd put a guitar solo. They're not following uh, an archetypal song structure where it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, instrumental or bridge, and then a final chorus. They're not doing that. They're clearly thinking a lot more about how they want to best deliver this song and how they want to package it up a little bit differently. So I love the placement of this guitar solo and it's a really nice sound because it's not so much a gritty, muddy distortion. Uh, It's more of this kind of blown out, over the top, overemphasized distortion, which works really well for the solo that you're about to hear. It's a good solo. After a long and loud, busy instrumental break later on, there's this beautiful, stunning shift to a more serene moment of the song where the band really show that they can control the dynamics of their songs. So on the drums, uh, Ruben's playing this nice sort of rim shot groove, really bringing it down a lot. And there's also these cleaner sounding guitars as well, which are plucked quite gently. There's a little bit of reverb and distortion in the mix, so it's still sounding quite full and quite rich. And there's some amazing vocal chemistry between Arthur and Edie. in that and it's a song that um i don't think it's necessarily a through and through great pop song as such it's not one of those songs that you'd put on to belt out and sing along to i couldn't imagine it being uh shouted back at them in a stadium anytime soon but it's a song that i think showcases their musicianship it shows their musical dexterity their ambition And I think considering their age, considering that they're all 16, 17 years old, considering the stage that they're at in their career, and that they've only been together for a couple of years, I've got a lot of time for this song, because I think Stuck is really showing that they've got a lot to prove, and that they're hungry, and they're really looking to break through what is already a pretty busy music scene in Birmingham. So, I actually have started a new job this week, um... Where, so I'm, I'm, where am I now? I'm down in, I'm in Gerrard's Cross and I'm work, I'm working nearby. So I'm sort of outskirts of London. Um, not that anyone cares. So it's just meant that I haven't managed to get as many interviews this week because you know what it's like. First week of a new job. Next week, I'm definitely going to try to get some interviews under my belt because I've got my first week of work out the way with and I'll be able to, I'll be able to uh, book out a studio because I'm working as a radio presenter for the British uh, British Forces Radio, and then we'll be able to get some more interviews. But I managed to catch these guys last week, 
and they're great fun. Duck really was based around, because uh, we normally do the music first, Leo writes the music first, we kind of based it around that. We kind of just wanted, the main idea was we wanted to do a song with a different time signature, so in the chorus it's 7-8, and we kind of just built it, the rest of it around that, we got some kind of 70 chords which we liked, mm. and then the kind of Night Owl thing, I think Edie came up with and that came quite quickly. And then we just sort of, yeah, we played a bit with dynamics and stuff. We basically just wanted to make a really weird song. And yeah, we, it came out all right in the end. I liked it. <laughs> well, live, what we do is we leave a really big gap and then do a massive ending with loads of drums, the bass, whatever. Um, but we wanted it to sort of be quite a shock when we did it um, recorded so that it would build up and then just stop and drop completely and everyone would be like, what, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> we, like, we like the way it works. Recorded and live, we just we change it up a bit. Yeah. So, how do you guys focus on your live shows? Like, how do you try and switch up the songs quite a lot and make them quite different to your recorded songs? And do you like really focus on your stage presence and your kind of image and what you're wearing and stuff like that? I think um, the songs when we play them live, because we start off playing them live most of the time, we only have one song that we uh, we recorded before we started playing live. I think it mainly comes from how we play it live. So how we play it live will be totally parallel to how we record it in the studio. Yeah. So it's a totally different thing to think about. Got you. Okay. And you guys are from Birmingham, um, but that's all I really know about you. I couldn't find much more information in terms of like um, sort of how old you are, how you guys formed and stuff like that. So tell me, take me right back to the start. Uh, when was it that you formed? Like, how did it all kind of come about? How did flares crop up? Right, so we started in a school band. We had like seven members with a clarinetist at one point. But um, so, yeah, we, we started a school band. Stayed a school band for like two years, then started doing our own stuff. And that's how it happened. So we've been going for about three years now in, in us four. And yeah, so that's pretty much how we started. Oh, I'm, I've just turned 16, so we're all above <laughs> so we're all above 16 now. Oh, you guys are young then, fair play, because you're, you're writing, like, it's, it's very mature music. I hate to sound patronising, I don't mean to, but it's like, it's very mature for your age, if you know what I mean. Like, you're writing music that literally a band full of 30-year-olds could be writing. Yeah, well, so I'm 16, Arthur's 16, Edie's 17. Ruben. <laughs> 17. There you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. No, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that you guys are, like, young, but you're already, like, you know, you, you seem well-established. Like, you're really focusing on uh, getting the sound right. Like, the, the actual the sound of the recordings is great. And also, the thing that really cropped up to me was your artwork. Because um, it's kind of like, I don't know how I'd describe it. Like, it's kind of like a patchwork of, like, different random objects that are, like, sort of layered on top of each other. And it all follows the same style for each single. So whose idea was that? And who do you get to help you do the artwork? <laughs> so, um... Big shout out to Leo's mum. He likes to mess around with all the artwork and stuff. But we always pick something that we think, we attach an image to a song and a colour. And we yeah. like, like lightning, yeah. we said was yellow, duck was red or whatever. Right. Um, so we always attach something and then we kick our ideas and then she messes around with it on the computer. And we, yeah, that's how we go about it. Huge, huge shout out to Leo's mom. Love that. Um, so what about your plans for 2020 then? So obviously January's just started. You've probably had a bit of a break over Christmas and like chilled out with your families or whatever. 
how are you starting the new year and how are you kind of, you know, how are you moving it on into sort of the summer and then eventually, you know, towards the end of the year? So the idea is we've got a big, big old announcement for February. We're going to be playing a lot of gigs in February. And then we're going a bit, going a bit quiet whilst I do my GCSEs. Oh, no, mate. It has to be yeah. done. It has to be done. But then in the summer, we're all free. And then we go and play as many festivals many gigs we can get so Flair's coming to a city near you um, love it yeah even like GCSEs isn't very rock and roll but then at least you could be like yeah we're gigging all summer so. yeah that's a, yeah. Make it for it. yeah so I don't know if you guys want to discuss this together and then give me your answer but it's quite a tricky one to end off on but I always finish with describe your music and what you do in three words and three words only uh, so we're fun, energetic indie. Next artist is T Carmese, Um and we're actually heading across the pond now. Uh, I like to try and feature unsigned artists from the UK, of course. Pretty much everyone that I've featured is from the UK. But if I see an artist that I really enjoy and that I think's great, I'm still going to include them. Yeah, you probably won't be going and seeing them live anytime soon because this artist's actually from America, but you'll still be able to follow him online, check out his music, and when he does, hopefully, eventually, come to the UK, you'll be one of the first people to get a ticket. So, he's a hip-hop artist from Detroit, um, and, you know, when you think hip-hop, Detroit, you think Eminem. Um, but this guy's on a totally different wave to that. He's coming up through the roots, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing where he's heading to. So, he's called T. Carmese, and he's part of uh, a group called The Black Opera, for me to better explain what the Black Opera is, I'll read you what their little synopsis is on their Facebook page. With members located in Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit, Tikamis, New York, Los Angeles and Paris, we don't claim just one place, we take the world. It's quite dramatic. A collective of artistic freedom fighters who openly and fluently express creation through music, visual art and parables of truth. We are the Black Opera, a cast of characters narrating our perception of timeless issues and universal, and universal subjects that connect the past, present and future. Effectively, a collective of artists that all creatively support each other. That's what they are. They're just a group of artists that have all got each other's back. They all promote each other. And um, it's clear that T. Carmese is getting a nice bit of support as well. T. Carmese is awesome. I'm going to talk about his track called Timing Is Money, but it's actually written out as Timing Is and then there's three dollar signs uh, and it's his latest single that he's released and it's got an amazingly well-produced professional looking video that's come along with it as well so we'll get straight into it uh, and this is what it sounds like it's pretty sick So simple, I'm thinking maybe And just that little doubt could be detrimental But still I just push the lead on this pencil Tell you what I've been through Telling on the mountain, this money I should be counting I'm thinking I found the fountain of youth But I was never old, I got a binge-worthy career Pick an episode, went from being next to nobody The next to blow But now it's all love over here Play your X and O's So yeah, this is timing as money And what immediately strikes me is this lo-fi sound It is a minimal production that he's gone for I really like that though. I, we hear so much um, or so many overproduced hip hop songs that sound just quite clean and clinical. It's nice that this is a bit more gritty and uh, a bit, it's a bit 
it's a bit more earthy, I think. You've got this very low-key acoustic drum sound in the background that's just playing around in this syncopated loop. You've got these sustained horn notes that I love, but then when they cease, when they drop out in the final few beats of the bar, you've got this really captivating little piano broken chord or arpeggio that's played. And when it goes round and round, it's almost this hypnotic beat that you get. I really like it. So we're going to go into the second verse now. Lyrically, I think it's quite playful, it's quite funny. Uh, T. Carmes is talking about his humble beginnings where he's hanging around with dreamers and dreaming of a big future in rap. And he's talking about how he's in the streets all night. And he talks about his mum as well. And uh, he, his mum tells him not to live life so fast and to take things a little bit slower. But ultimately, message of this song, he's just trying to get paid. This one is for my niggas. On my Anderson pack, I'm getting bigger. Visions come to pass, I was a young boy Trying to kick my little rap shit, I was young joy Carpe diem, my first taste of freedom I was searching for my big shot and hanging with the dreamers In the streets, playing all night long First time I got some ass, I kept my all whites on Mama told me don't you grow too fast, just take it slowly This was way before like buttons, DMs, emojis I was full deep in the neon chasing a rap train The fifth row bitch in the backseat, relax please Niggas said I was ill without a vaccine Training for my first run out like a track meet Why the beat loop? I wasn't normally scripting my future out on the paper That was the prelude This is how I do it every day Every day, every day uh, I'm just out here trying to get paid main chorus hook, timing is money, timing is money, timing is money, it's so catchy, really catchy, it's so sick, and the instrumental's great as well, I think T. Carmese's personality really shines through. The third unsigned artist that I'm going to talk to you about is Sonny Achille, uh, and he's a Brighton rapper, who I think is delivering quite a tasteful mix of hip-hop, alternative trap and grime, and he's released a load of tracks and videos in 2019. I went back through his social media, he's been so busy uh, for a while. But I think the track that grabbed me the most is Toxic. That's definitely my favourite. It starts with these really uncertain, moody synths uh, that kind of make way pretty much instantly for this trap-influenced beat. Um, and it's a beat that really doesn't let go. It kind of grasps you, it's really in your face, it's really at the forefront of the track, almost dominates the mix entirely but it doesn't let you go, it's really intense, and it suits the vibe and the atmosphere of the song perfectly. Listen to this first verse, there's loads of great hooks, you'll be singing it back pretty much after one or two listens, and I particularly like the pre-chorus, listen for the la-la-las. I know it doesn't sound particularly exciting when I put it to you like that, but the way he works in la-la-la-la-la works really well for me. Versace, Versace, still yeah I cannot afford them Hating them jokers I bought them, still yeah I bought them with caution Breaking my pills into portions, better and there's no reporting Flippers and snorkels I'm snorting, another dimension I'm walking to Look who you're talking to, stepped in the dance, see my dancing moves Eyeballs the size of the parting room, paving the wave in the party room Got this hell in my system, hope that these kids ain't listening I told them T-Total don't get it, I have to be high off my ticket 
Tony Montana go with it. I'm sitting the wrist when we kissing this. This is the way I keep thinking. La 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 la. This is the way I keep thinking. La 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 la. The chorus on this thing is also really catchy. In the second half of the chorus, you've got the lyrics "toxic energy," um, but this is almost the fact that uh, the fact that Sonny is going down. Uh, kind of incrementally or chromatically through this scale, he's just singing in semitones. It's almost got this world, this world sound about it. Um, and there's the addition in the background of these really uh, ethereal-sounding, Bollywood-sounding female vocals that just float around quite eerily in the backdrop. And I think that works so well with the chorus. It's actually quite a haunting chorus. I think it's quite smouldering and it kind of creeps up on you. There's tinges of Post Malone that I hear in terms of Sonny's vocals in the chorus, but it's not like Post Malone in terms of its delivery. I think the delivery is way more sinister. We rerun the track and then we put it on replay. Sleepless nights cause we ain't got no time to waste. Guaranteed you'll see me getting off my fucking face. Yeah. Overall, I think it's just a really, really well produced uh, song that's got a clear angle with its delivery, and it's a track that's got plenty of hooks to win you over but it's got enough whistles and bells on it as well to sustain your interest and actually make you think you know what I want to go back and listen to it because each time you listen to it you'll probably get something more out of it that will just creep out at you really like that track from Sonny Achille and all of the unsigned artists that I've just talked about I'm going to be featuring uh, in the description section I'll include all the links to their social media so you can go and follow them go and download their music go and listen to them you know what? Drop them a message, let them know how sick you think they are, and say that you heard them on my podcast. They might like that. Who knows? Okay, some music news. First up, first and foremost, uh, R.I.P. Neil Part. Um, what a massive loss for the rock community. The legendary, incredible drummer from Rush. Um, and according to Rolling Stone... The 67-year-old passed away on January the 7th um, after quietly battling brain cancer for the last three years, um, which, you know, we haven't heard anything about it in the news up until now. So it was obviously just a very personal, private thing that was going on. But, you know, at, at least it's now come to light and there's not been too much media surrounding uh, the final the final moments of his life. Uh, he was actually inducted into the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame in 1983 and he was the youngest ever drummer to be honoured, uh, which is a massive accolade. He was actually inducted by the Foo Fighters and I think that Taylor Hawkins from the Foo's actually did a really touching tribute. The Foo's put out a post across their social media, I saw it on Instagram, and Taylor Hawkins' tribute was simply uh, saying that Neil Part had the hands of God, end of story, which I think from a drummer like Taylor Hawkins, A is a huge accolade, but B just goes to show perhaps how influenced a drummer like Taylor Hawkins was by someone like Neil Pass. So it's obviously incredibly sad, um, but I think we can definitely celebrate the music of Rush and definitely, uh, definitely remember Neil Pass for being such an incredible drummer. 
If you're a vegan, if you're a vegetarian, stop listening, because there's some beef. That was cringy, but there is some beef. Wiley and Stormzy uh, have been dissing each other. There's been uh, some bad vibes going on. There's some beef in the grime world. Um, so, in order for me to provide some context for you, if you're pretty new to all of this, uh, in October in 2019, Dot Rotten, a veteran rapper, uh, he kind of reached out or sent for, so to speak, he kind of sh fired shots um, from J1, who's an up-and-coming rapper, and then Dot Rotten, the nutter, went for loads of rappers. He was calling out Wiley, uh, H, P Money, and he called out some Boy Better Know members as well. He called out JME, he called out Skepta, and basically... Wiley gets involved, and on Twitter, he's, he tweets that he's sick of rappers running all the time. Why is no one responding to him? And then JK, the rapper, kind of wades in, and Wiley was asked whether or not JK is going to respond to the diss. And Wiley said, nah, never. He's not going to reply. He's with Ed Sheeran and Stormzy now. So kind of just batting off JK. That's a bit of an innuendo. Batting off JK as being kind of just mainstream, throwaway, he's off with Ed Sheeran, he's off with Stormzy. Stormzy didn't like that. So, Stormzy, uh, you know, started having some beef with Wiley, back and forth, back and forth. Wiley fires the first shot with, God, I'm not street enough for this, Ediat's Gangman. Uh, so that's Ediat's Gangman, and he's dropped three videos, one, two, and he's about to drop the third, he's teased the third. Um, so... Stormzy replies, and he replies pretty quickly, actually. He didn't leave it too long. He didn't ponder on it. He, he got back in there. So Wiley has released Ediat Skengman 1-2, about to drop the third, and Stormzy replied with Disappointed, and then his second diss track to Wiley, or his second bounce back, his second clap back, was still Disappointed. Um, it's gotten pretty nasty now, actually. It's, it's a good bit of beef. It's quite, it's quite entertaining. It's like watching a real entertaining game of ferocious tennis. Um, so they're going after each other's mums, um, the classic, suck your mum, all of that. Wiley has said to Stormzy uh, that I've done more for you than your dad has, um, th that Stormzy can't get over his ex-girlfriend, Maya Jama, and that Maya Jama's, you know, fair game now for other people. He's also said that without uh, him, so Wiley's, Wiley has said without his influence, Stormzy wouldn't even exist. And that Stormzy's left grime, he's transitioned over to being with Ed Sheeran, so he's not being true to his roots, he's not sticking to the scene. Stormzy has replied with the rhetoric that uh, he's bigger and better than every other grime artist that's ever existed, which is true. He uses the line that the only thing bigger than him last year was Brexit. Uh, he's throwing shade as well by saying, where's your mum at? Saying that... Um, Wiley has forced his mum out of the country and that his mum's had to go and live in Cyprus. So it's all got pretty nasty. When family members start getting involved, you know, it starts starts getting a little bit little bit below the belt. Um, in terms of what I think, it's not over yet. I think that uh, Wiley's still yet to kind of put the fi final nail in the coffin, so to speak. Stormzy's still got to get back and say his piece, but I think Stormzy's won. I think Stormzy's got the better. Uh, come out on top, maybe. For me, the reason why that is, is Wiley, a lot of the time, is using this argument of Stormzy, you had to look up to me, you used to um, sing my praises to, in order to get where you are now. That's effectively what he's saying. I'm your biggest inspiration. Without me, your career wouldn't exist. Which, okay, 
true. Um, but I'm sure Stormzy had other influences outside of Wiley. I don't think it's as simple as without Wiley, Stormzy wouldn't exist. And also, what else do you expect? That's the way it goes. You grow up, you listen to artists, you're inspired, and then you think, oh, I'm quite inspired by this. I want to try and create music like this for myself. And then you go and create music like that for yourself. And, you know, eventually it becomes successful. That's it's kind of the cycle of how music comes about. Artists get inspired. Artists create music. They put the music out there. So this whole argument and rhetoric of without me you wouldn't exist. Like, okay, true, but he does exist. And he's beefing you and he's calling out your mom. So it's it just seems like a bit of a weak argument that doesn't really stand up. Um, so yeah, and I think Stormzy's tracks go a bit harder as well. When I'm listening to Stormzy's stuff, um, when I've listened to his his diss tracks on YouTube, I just think I think they they Stormzy's got a better flow. I think he's got more to say, to be honest. Um, and he quite literally is the kingpin of grime at the moment. So that kind of settles the score, really. Okay, my song of the week this week is from Tame Impala, uh, Lost in Yesterday. There was no other contender that even came close to Tame Impala this week. This is hands down my song of the week. I absolutely love it. So it's um, the fourth single to be taken from Kevin Parker's latest upcoming project, his, uh, his new album that's coming out in February called The Slow Rush. And it's quite interesting to see the tact that Kevin Parker's taking. He's releasing quite a lot of singles from the album, almost half of the album's been released already, but I'm all for it because the songs are all great. It starts with this thick, meaty bass tone. The bass line is so groovy, so funky, it's so addictive, uh, and it's supported by this very heavily produced and affected drum shuffle in the background that really accentuates the bass line. I love it. It proves to be the spine for the whole song, really. And Kevin Parker's singing... Well, he's, he's in quite a nostalgic, reflective mood for this album, I'd say, particularly for this song. He's looking back on his younger days where he didn't have much money, where he wasn't rich and famous. And he's looking back on his simpler days, saying that even though it seemed dark and unprosperous at the time, he looks back with fond memories. Uh, I love the lyric right at the end of the first verse that he uses, where he says, eventually terrible memories turn into great ones. And I personally can relate to that, and I'm sure other people can as well. Uh, the pre-chorus is great. The, the, the lyrics, again, are just stunning. If they call you, embrace them. If they hold you, erase them. Which is Kevin Parker talking about his memories. If your memories are grabbing you and you're thinking back, embrace those memories. Get lost in them. But if there's memories that are haunting you, try and get rid of them. Uh, and I think that shows Kevin Parker's positive mindset in this album as well. And I love, obviously, the classic reverb that you get in Kevin Parker's voice. But even though there's a lot of me uh, there's a lot of reverb, I don't think it takes away from the melody that he's putting forward. The melody is the selling point of this song. Instrumentally, I don't think this song is as good as other tracks he's released, like It Might Be Time or Posthumous Forgiveness. But the melody is absolutely killer. The chorus is the best chorus I've heard. I was going to say this year, we're only just into the new year. It's the best chorus I've heard in months, genuinely. It's the catchiest, most feel-good chorus ever. Like, genuinely, whenever I hear it, I'm singing it back straight away, and I want to get up and dance, which 
is huge credit to Kevin Parker because he knows how to write a damn good chorus. Okay, my album of the week this week is um, from London dance pop solo artist Georgia. It's her second album, and it's been five years since her self-titled debut. And her second album's called Seeking Thrills, and I really enjoy it. I think it's amazing. Uh, she makes a great use of her soaring and euphoric chorus melodies. There's some really complex, well-integrated synth sounds in there. And it's got these deep house uh, dance beats as well with these awesome grooves it's so well layered, it's so rich, uh, every single song brings texturally something quite new to the table. And there's some great songs on there as well, About Work of the Dance Floor uh, has loads of great techno influences in there with quite scattering and punchy synths, and I also love Never Let You Go, it's a really well crafted pop song which demonstrates how comfortable Georgia is in her range, but also demonstrates that, you know, she can write some sort of avant-garde dance tune but she can also write a through and through pop song that can go straight to the top of the charts and be played all over Radio 1, Capital Heart, wherever it's going to be played. I think it kind of sounds like a church's song in terms of its delivery, in terms of sonically how it's all put together but it's personally way better than anything churches have done. Sorry, any churches fans. Another good track as well, I think it's track 5 or track 6, is Mellow. And it's actually a track that really grew on me. At first, I wasn't too keen on Mellow because it's lacking quite a lot of melody. Uh, but where there's a lack of melody, it's been compensated for some pretty heavy and erratic production that really reflects the hedonistic attitude that George is trying to put across. She's trying to convey this feeling of going out, getting drunk, getting high, kind of being debaucherous, being over the top when you're out, living this crazy life. And the production really reflects that. And it's, it's grown on me a lot. It's actually a really cool song. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, go to the description. There's all the links to the amazing unsigned artists that I've been talking about this week. Three great artists that I've given you. I'll have more interviews for you next week. It will be my second week at my new job. But in that time, I'll be able to book out a crafty radio studio and get some interviews under my belt. The Ben Coley Podcast.